Welcome to the Attorney Review. My name's Ben. And I'm Truman. And this week, we have dragons. So many dragons. There's at least five dragons. I lost count. Yeah. Episode title, The Dragon Invasion. Indicates there is an invasion of dragons. All right, so what did you think? I thought I'm disappointed because it became clear in this episode that Skeletor and Beastman are not friends. They do not seem to be. And I was holding out hope that they were really secretly best friends, but they are not. They are quite clearly not. What makes you say that? In this episode, the like, when I'm in charge, things will be different. I'll show you kind of thing. Attitude that Beastman has is very apparent. And there are things indicated in the episode about their relationship. All right. Yeah, let's get to those when we get to them. We open with... A wolf howling over a desolate, craggy landscape. Parts of the rocks there look like dragons, setting the scene a little bit. Yeah, it's a very epic scene. Beastman and Skeletor are levitating some pretty big eggs out of a nest and into a hover car. And Skeletor goes on about how uh, he fleeced Merman for the, the, did he call it the dragon pearl? The dragon pearl. He thought it was just worth silver. Eternian silver. So is there an economy in this? I didn't think about that. So Eternian silver is the currency like that even Skeletor uses. There's another fantasy series called The Last Argument of Kings by Joe Abercrombie. And spoilers, skip ahead 30 seconds. In the book series, it turns out that the bank is behind everything. There are kings, there are powerful wizards, there are evil people, there are heroes, but it's really the bank that is pulling all the strings. And I wonder if that's true of Attorney as well. The first Attorney in Bank is secretly bankrolling Skeletor to fund the war effort against him, and they're playing both sides. It doesn't matter how many plots Skeletor hatches or how many magical artifacts He-Man goes and discovers as long as the bank gets its cut. That could be. That's legit. The Bank of Eternia. A dragon interrupts Skeletor before he can finish saying exactly what the pearl does, though. And they did the same thing with the they did with the, the Diamond Ray of Disappearance, where like he's like, guy told him he had no idea what it was. He had no idea that it entered dragon. This one's actually a little bit more of a mystery. I assume that the dragon pearl controls dragons at this point. Hence the name Dragon Pearl. But... As we'll find out, that is not what it does. The dragon breathes fire. Skeletor zaps the fire because he can. Yeah. Beastman tries to command the dragon. But he can't because it's a mama dragon protecting her eggs. So he he can't control her because of that. And Skeletor defeats the dragon by zapping the bridge out from underneath her. So the dragon with wings falls away and it's just done with. Very convenient. Here's the first... Uh, indication that Skeletor and Beastman are not friends. A lot of good, you are beast brain, rude. Very rude. He just is totally disrespectful to him. It definitely had a more of a demeaning vibe in this. And then is this when uh, Beastman challenges him? What makes you think you can order me around? And then he says this, and he holds up his scepter, like that little like dragon, not dragon, like little skeleton scepter thing he's got. Another crack in the relationship between Beastman and Skeletor. So that scepter's got some sort of reason of why 
Skeletor is in charge because he has that scepter thing. Yeah, do you think it's more than zapping? Probably not. Because it seems like in Eternia, power is just whatever object has quote-unquote power. It just has the power. So, like, they just do some shimmy magic rays, and then whichever one's better wins. The power always manifests as zapping. That's just what power is. Zaps. Skeletor uh, cackles while Beastman speeds off in the hover car. Skeletor is just going to hoof it back home. Yeah, because he's got to work out. How do you think he stays in such good shape? It's a fair point. We cut over to the castle. Get some solid Orco hijinks in here. Eating comically large chicken legs. Like sucks an entire turkey leg off the bone. It just has the bone left. Orco's really into eating food. Wishes he could eat more and then duplicates himself. Man at Arms says, well, you know, if there were two of you, you could eat more. Or No, that was the king that said that. The king is like, if only there were more of you, you could eat twice as much. And he's like, that's a good idea. The king speaks and Orko hears him, which sort of disproves my Sixth Sense ghost theory from last episode. Although Orko is some magical creature. Maybe he's the one who's Sixth Sensing him. So Orko's the only one who can see the king. Now I'll have to pay attention to see if other people respond to the king as well. Maybe Orko is doing all his hijinks and tricks for the the king, who everyone else thinks is dead, and he is dead. But the king and the Orko doesn't know that. I like that theory. It's mm-hmm. a little bit more poignant than He-Man uh, lends itself to be. Orko's duplicates argue about which one of them is the most powerful, and then He-Man comes in with a line about teamwork. A whole mid-episode lesson about teamwork. Yeah, which... To tease a little bit, this episode, I'm going to be guessing the moral at the end. Yep. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get it right. Oh, we'll see, Truman. We'll see. A dragon egg lands in the castle courtyard, which hatches, and then it grows large hilariously fast and starts rampaging. It just grows stupidly fast. From egg to fully grown dragon in a few seconds. And then uh, Tila like says, your highness says, let's go. And then tells Prince Adam to go get the guards. And He-Man just dips off to go, quote unquote, find the guards. As you noted last time, the way that Tila interacts with the king and queen, very calm. Hey, it's another week. Something's going on. Just go to the shelter. We'll, it'll be okay. Yeah, we'll take care of it, your highnesses. Let's get you out of here. Well, it's a good demeanor in the captain of the guards. She's not panicking. She knows it's going to get handled because He-Man's around somewhere. He-Man and the power of teamwork. And the power of teamwork. Speaking of Battle Cat, after He-Man transforms, Battle Cat leads with, hey, Dragon Face. He-Man follows it up almost immediately with Flame Face. I thought Flame Face was better than Dragon Face. But not by much. Dragon face is a statement of fact. Yeah, like you have a face that is a dragon. Okay. Flame face is more evocative in a way. It is more evocative. It's not any more insulting, I don't think. Yeah, like calling a dragon flame face. That's like their whole thing. They're proud of their flames, I would imagine. Tila shows up with a ray gun. Ram man and man at arms also show up. Ram man continues to be unhelpful this is just the goddamn worst i have in here ram man sucks is just this is just my note right there he just like he flies at the dragon he runs into a wall 
and does some yuck about how that dragon must a lot harder than I thought it would be. Like, oh my gosh, go yeah. to a doctor. He really does need to. Everyone fights the dragon until Man-at-Arm shows up with a stasis ray. He mainly freezes the dragon, right, for a couple hours in, in its place. And then in a leap of deductive reasoning, He-Man goes from dragon to Beast-Man directly to Skeletor. If Beast-Man can control animals because the dragon's here, and then Skeletor controls Beast-Man. So it's got to be Skeletor. They didn't figure it out the last episode when there was the skeleton ship. And now here we are, and he just does two jumps to the next one, which it's going to be Skeletor. Who else is it going to be? But, like, how come we couldn't figure it out last time? Anybody can fly around Eternia in a Skeletor ship. I guess. We cut over to Skeletor. Here is when Beastman threatens to take power, I think, and Skeletor waves the zappy stick at him. Skeletor reveals that he's given growth serum to the dragons, which is why they grow so fast. Not the dragon pearl. Still hasn't come up what it is yet. No, it sort of teases it a little bit, but still a mystery. Tila, Orko fly on a speeder. Stratos shows up to say that Avion has been attacked by a dragon. So another place name. So Stratos is from Avion or Alvion. He didn't really say it. I couldn't really understand him exactly, but he's clearly from there. It's kind of got a birdie sounding name, so it's probably the land of the bird people. I wonder if they're like like a separate kingdom or what. Are they a fiefdom underneath the kingdom of Eternia, or are they an ally of the kingdom of Eternia? Oh, it's like avian. I hate this show. It's very bird sounding. So they're probably in a cloud city. Of some sort. A lot of trees, bird feeders abound. Just shells of sunflower seeds scattered around the ground underneath the kingdom. Big signs of like the outline of a squirrel with a big X through it. <laughs> Dragon eggs are falling all over Eternia and everyone's cleaning them up with stasis rays, which Man-at-Arms conveniently has made several of. Which is the He-Main way because then later He-Man and Man-at-Arms shove one of the dragons into a crevice and then like trap it in there with a giant boulder that is not humane that's like probably terrifying to that dragon you can even see it after they push the big rock to trap it in the cave its head is like snapping out a little bit it looks very sad skeletor summons the whole evil gang to attack castle grayskull while everyone is distracted that was his whole plan, is to distract them with the dragon so he could get into Castle Grayskull. A lot of Skeletor's plans are distract everybody and then go after Grayskull. Get He-Man out of the way and then go to the castle, which you'd think he'd catch on to. You would. Oh, there's a new guy there with the crew there who was definitely, definitely an agent stereotype. Yeah, d describe him without sounding racist. I don't know if I can. There's a guy wearing like a red and gold. Like, I only pull up a picture. I don't even know what he looks like. All right, let's see if I can do this. Asian bag. Oh, do oh, you even want to know what his name is? You don't want to know what his name is. Let me guess. I did note that he has abnormally large hands in a scene later. So is his name Chop Chop? No, it's much, much worse than that, Truman. So he's like hunched over he's got like a red leotard situation 
Yeah, nope, there's no way to do it. He is a an Asian stereotype. He's got squinty eyes. He's got a big old man bun top of his head. Guess what his name is, Truman? Lay it on me. Jitsu. Sure. Yeah. So the whole evil gang, including new Jitsu, storms the castle. <laughs> Unbelievable. The sorceress defends Skull until Skeletor uses the dragon pearl to focus Evil Lin's power. Evil Lin's got the magic power inherently. Skeletor doesn't. Like Skeletor, is he just making her do his bidding to get her used to doing things while he's in charge? Or is it like Skeletor can't do it because she's got magic powers, but he doesn't? Or just, what's the deal there? So far, we've only seen Skeletor use the zapper. He hasn't done it from himself. And it would be sort of awkward to hold the dragon pearl in one hand and then imagine holding a, a large staff and you're trying to aim the zapper through the dragon pearl that you have outstretched. And he's not going to let anybody else handle the pearl. So before the sorceress is overcome, she mind beams He-Man to come help. And then she sucked straight into the dragon pearl. And that was what it was. This thing to trap the sorceress. So the dragon connection is either entirely coincidental or Skeletor, again, a consummate show skeleton. All about the thematic flourishes it, it, it had to align with his the little touch here a little touch there it's like in a painting where you have to put little dashes of the color throughout the painting in order to make it feel as a cohesive whole he wanted his plan to feel cohesive so the names had to fit the ambiance the uh, the flavor the there's another better word but it's not there so would you as an artist yourself go so far as as calling skeletor an artist in his schemes. You know what? I think so. Cause it's like, there's no other explanation for like just the sheer expressiveness of his schemes, because there's no other reason them for them to be so complicated. It, it has to be an expression of Skeletor's inner self in a way he's trying to explain himself to the world. Which is something in the direction of the self-sabotage of evil. Presumably, there are so many artifacts in Eternia. No one cares that he goes and collects them and puts them together to plot. He could almost certainly find something very simply that would destroy the sorceress and, and allow him to take over Grayskull. And then he always is constantly getting in his own way in an effort to make it grandiose. Because he has a need to be understood in some way by maybe by he-man yes to have he-man know that he beat him we'll have to hang on to this one he-man and crew show up at castle gray skull skeletor's head appears in the sky he sort of gives he-man the business what does he say he just like i've got the castle now eh, he-man now i'm in control gotta have at least one he-man and crew attempt to get in they can't there's no science or sorcery powerful enough to break the force field that Skeletor has put up. Not even Ram Man's head. Until Orko suggests teamwork, hearkening back to Adam's suggestion. I got this moral on lockdown, Ben. Oh, you just wait. He-Man wants to bring all the dragons to break the barrier. The, the dragons would be powerful enough. Like, all their other sorcery is not strong enough, but if they get all the dragons over, like, the fire is going to help it out. A team of dragons. 
with their combined power. Gotcha. It just seems like a stretch. That He-Man's head is not He-Man. Ram Man's head is not hard enough to get in here, but five dragons are going to do it. Ram Man is less powerful I, than five dragons. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we know how where the scale of Ram Man's head is at. Yeah, again, I refuse to believe that Ram Man is one of the masters of the universe. Skeletor reveals that the Dragon Pearl is also draining the Sorceress of Power and then presumably will allow Skeletor to absorb it or something. Or put it on the like the top of a scepter and look cool. Make even bigger zapping. Eventually she's she's getting sucked, the power is getting sucked out of her, and she he has transported her to Snake Mountain as opposed to keeping her in Castle Grayskull for reasons. I was confused about that and went back. He does say that the sorceress power is tied to Castle Grayskull and weakens with physical distance. Evelyn questions, ah, what makes you think that she won't be able to escape? So presumably it's a, a countermeasure against... Because, yeah, she's powerless away from Grayskull, so she's more likely to be trapped out there. Even with the divisiveness between Beastman and Skeletor, still does trust Beastman to take the Dragon Pearl back to Snake Mountain and guard it with a dragon. He's got an iron fist. Beastman keeps saying someday... Someday I'll get out from under your control and then we'll see what real power is. Skeletor doesn't see that because he's he's got the scepter power. He can zap him. So Tila and He-Man go to Snake Mountain, right? Because they say something, we need Beastman to control the dragons. So they want to get Beastman to control the dragons. Because there's a little bit of a, like a jump here. They said, okay, well, Beastman's controlling the dragon, so we need Beastman so we can control Beastman. To control the dragons, yeah. Yeah, so they go to Snake Mountain. They walk right past the Dragon Pearl, by the way, not even realizing the sorceress is in there. I could feel eight-year-old me yelling, like, she's right there, she's right there. And then they get in there, Beastman comes in riding the dragon, and they have a boulder fight, and they just knock out Beastman, and then the dragons... Well, they put No, they put Beastman into stasis, right? And then the dragons are friendly and they don't need Beastman anymore. They just needed to take out Beastman. To loose the dragons from his control. And now the dragons are friendly because they're dragons, so they're good. There were a lot of leaps there, especially assuming that Beastman wasn't at Castle Grayskull. How did they know that? They just went to Snake Mountain and then he was there, happened to be there. I guess they figured there are only, I don't know, three places in Eternia, really, there's Snake Mountain, there's Castle Grayskull, and there's the palace. So you gotta be a one of those. Or there's usually a fourth nebulous place that changes every episode to whatever they happen to need. Do you think they could go back to the Crystal Sea, or it's gone because it's not in the narrative anymore? It's not in the narrative. It's gonna shift into something else later. The outside of the bubble of the narrative is a constant shifting sands a wasteland of uh, lost ideas gone forever. He-Man says something about going off to find the mother dragon. Tila returns, I think, to Castle Grayskull with all the rest of the dragons. And then Orko and Man-at-Arms are trying to use the power of teamwork to get them all to breathe fire. They tell the dragons, all right, dragons, fire. And so they fire and break down the gate thing. So you were wondering how they coordinated the dragon attack? Yeah, so they're smart enough to follow coordinated orders and to do what the humans are asking them to do. 
but they're also dumb enough that Beastman can control them. I guess Beastman probably could control dogs. So if they have the intelligence of a dog, they'd probably be controlled and dogs can control, be trained to do stuff. But these dragons weren't trained to do anything. They're just like, oh yeah, he wants me to fire in that thing. So what you're asserting is that Beastman, based on our impression of Beastman and his competence so far, should not be able to control anything that's smart. I wouldn't think so. Because he can't control humans. So what's the dividing line between man and beast? An age-old question. (laughs) That's true. The philosophical deep dive right there. What is an Eternia qualifies as a beast? So we've seen Bakul, the demon, but he got controlled by a gem. We saw Colossor, the Colossus. Yeah, giant statue thing. He just sort of agreed to do a solid to Skeletor since Skeletor woke him up. Beastman controlled a bat creature once. I think it was the only beast we've seen Beastman control besides dragons. There were the shadow beasts at the Crystal Sea, but Beastman didn't do anything with those. This is pretty much these dragons, and he just sets them and forgets them, right? Like he says, follow the orders of Skeletor, and they're just doing whatever Skeletor wants them to do, and they just cause havoc. Maybe it's a pretty easy order to just say, go destroy things. Go burninate the countryside. I'm not sure what in Eternia separates man from beast. Maybe clothing. Probably clothing. We'll have to see if that rings true as we uh, keep watching He-Man. But they do get the dragons to breathe fire in concert through the power of teamwork. (laughs) Yeah, just keep riding it. Keep riding that train. The force field goes down. He-Man and Team Rush, not He-Man and Team, the rest of the folks rush and pair off into one-on-one fights with all the evil people. Skeletor escapes back to Snake Mountain, where He-Man is waiting. His plan all along was to confront Skeletor. They have a pretty epic fight. They're like down by the like the lava vault, like lava falls next to Snake Mountain, or is that just red water? You think? I like to think it's lava. Like down on a little bridge that Skeletor probably just normally it's like a little like outcropping he probably just sits on there sometimes and cackles to himself looking off into the lava falls but now it's a place for him and he-man to fight yeah he just has a little sandwich there ponders his next scheme that was actually like old staged fight like at least the storyboarding of it like it had a flow to it yeah so skeletor absorbs some of the power of the pearl and grows enormous I was confused for a second because I didn't see that happen. So I just saw that Skeletor was huge and he's twice the size of He-Man. I'm like, when did that happen? What? Why is this going on? Why is the pearl like tiny in his hand now? And then he shrunk back down to the size after He-Man punched him or something. I remember how that worked. So you mentioned that the, the storyboarding was good for the fight. Up to a point, Skeletor grabs onto He-Man with his giant bony skeleton hands. He-Man is doubled over but reaches down and grabs Skeletor by the heel and flips him off of the platform that they're fighting on. Mm -hmm. And then Skeletor is hanging on for dear life by one hand. He-Man goes to rescue him and flips him onto another platform, which allows He-Man to give another one of these great one-liners where Skeletor is like, you fool! And He-Man counters with, I value every life. Mm-hmm. Even yours, Skeletor. And then Skeletor is holding the dragon pearl in his hand. 
it cuts yeah. to a shot of the dragon that moves its head a little bit and opens its mouth. And then it cuts back to Skeletor who startles and just happens to drop the pearl. Yeah, he just drops it. That's it. That's all he does. That's how he's taken away from him. He just goes, oh, a dragon, and drops it. Just drops it. And then he's like, well, at least you won't see the sorceress again, and and then presses the magic button on his chest to summon a speeder bike and then flies away. That's a pretty clear self-sabotage right there. Like, really, was he startled enough to do that? He just, okay, I lost this one. See you next week. So the dragon flies down grabs the pearl, brings it back up, breathes fire on it, explodes the pearl, and now the sorceress is back. We cut over to the Castle Grayskull. Off-screen, Evil Lynn used some of her excess magic to create a space portal, and they escape. Beastman, they don't ever say what happens to him. I assume he got unstasis after a period of time. And then sort of wandered away. Yeah. And then the moral. And then the moral of the story. So I feel like you've got some pretty strong ideas here, Truman. Lay them on me. What do you think the lesson of the day is? Here's the moral of this episode of He-Man. Wild animals are dangerous, so don't pet raccoons. Uh, you didn't guess teamwork? Right before the last dragon flies through the portal to go home, Orko says, Ah, oh, those dragons were so cute. They would have made a nice pet. And then it comes back and scares him. And then he quickly recants, no, go away. So, yeah, I think it's Mm -hmm. don't pet raccoons. They're cute, but wild animals have rabies and you will die. You are a lot closer than teamwork. You are pretty close. The lesson of the day is take care of your pets and treat animals with kindness. And when you have a pet, you also have a responsibility. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to count that as like a partial win. That is a partial win. You get half a point. You're on theme. Actually, I'm going to keep track of this. Lesson of the day stats. Truman, 0.5 out of 1. You're in a solid 50%. I will take that. They made it like teamwork. A couple of times in the episode, they talked about teamwork. The animal thing was a pretty clear theme too, but not as clear. I was really hoping you'd go farther off, but I think you knew better. After the last episode where the moral was exercise responsibly, I think the precedent is that it it can be anything. It absolutely can be anything. Do you have any grand thoughts about this episode? Can Skeletor see everything in his skeleton viewer? Probably. I mean, it seems like he can, right? So is he just staring into that thing, cackling to himself while, I don't know, Prince Adam is on the can? Yeah, you ran out of toilet paper this time, pretty man. (laughs) Oh my God, that's incredible. It supports the argument that Skeletor could win at any time. If he can see everything. He can see everything. He should know that he made his Prince Adam if he's got this all-seeing Skelevision. Unless that Skelevision is being provided by a double agent. Oh. However, that theory falls apart because Orko knows that Prince Adam's He-Man, so. One thing that I have also continued to wonder is, okay, when Prince Adam transforms into He-Man, it always cuts to him in front of Castle Grayskull yelling i have the power and then it does the cartoon colors background when he points the sword at cringer and turns transforms into battle cat in this episode he-man is interrupted halfway by being buried in rocks 
That shot actually was really cool because they did like a shadow projected on the wall and there's Cringer sitting there and they do a shadow of Prince Adam holding up the sword and then a shadow of him being crushed by rocks. But then he explodes the rocks by becoming He-Man and the rocks disappear actually. Does He-Man actually teleport over to Castle Grayskull every time he transforms or why do we see that image when he's yelling do you think? So image projection on attorney is a thing, right? Because Skeletor projects his face when he's he controls the castle, and we've seen the sorceress do something similar. She projects her face when she talks to He-Man sometimes. When he transforms, the castle is like projecting its power to him because he controls the power of Castle Grayskull. Is that a thing that other people can see? It's just a stylistic choice. But <laughs> I don't know if it's something that Orko who's there when Tila charges He-Man to go find the guards and he doesn't, but instead transforms. I mean, there's no way to know. I mean, whose perspective are we seeing this from? It must appear. The power of He-Man comes from Castle Grayskull. I think that's mm-hmm. part of the opening narrative at the beginning of each episode. And so Prince Adam is harnessing the power of Grayskull and channeling it through his sword and his muscles i think it is probably some kind of projection and i bet that other people can see it yeah which actually would explain why he always goes super far away off into the bushes because maybe it's like this after image that just projects and flashes for a second while he transforms and doesn't want anybody to know apart from him literally just transforming but like it's probably like a light show i would say i can see that the denizens of Eternia live in this cartoon world, right? So, like, anything that happens is something they should theoretically see. I had one other thing. The good guys, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and, and Ram Man, yeah. <laughs> also never try to proactively defeat Skeletor. Yeah, they're always reacting to whatever his plan is, right? They're never trying to stop him from acting out of plan. They're never, they never arrest him. They always let him go. And the sorceress even says before Skeletor amplifies Evelyn's power through the Dragon Pearl that Skeletor's power is no match for the sorceresses. So presumably they could roll up to Snake Mountain and magically arrest him. Or put him into some sort of stasis like the Dragon Pearl or something. There's probably some sort of eternal prison that they could lock him away in. Or even if it wasn't eternal, they literally have a stasis gun and the guards don't seem to be doing anything important. So you could charge them like the button in Lost. Every mm. 108 minutes, you got to flip that beam on and re-stasis Skeletor. I would have known that wasn't one of the four episodes of Lost I watched. Okay, well, after we finish... No, I have seen the first episode of Lost, the second episode of Lost, and the last episode of Lost. And I won somewhere in the middle where they traveled in time. I don't want to see anything else. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Well, you're missing the whole journey. Ah, it is about the journey. I won't say never, but it's very unlikely. There's probably a lot more to talk about than He-Man. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, just have things just periodically restasis. Skeletor, he's a skeleton. Does he need to eat? He probably has a lot of like protein powder and stuff he's got to have well before he works out. But other than that, does he consume anything? Does he have proteins? He probably a strict keto diet. 
just like unstase him and then feed him some ham and then put him back to sleep. Yeah, if you're in stasis, do you your metabolism is presumably also in stasis? It's a new invention. Man at Arms just came up with it this episode. So I'm sure it'll be all over the place for the rest of the show. And perhaps they'll order studies about the side effects of stasis so that they mm. can better understand what it means. And its uses and implications as a correctional tool. What else do you have? I think Beastman is he's ready to break out. Skeletor is, I think, controlling him somehow with that scepter thing in an actual physical way, not just in a, like, he's scared of his power way. And I think there's something going on there, and I'm sure there's some depth to it. But I think it surprised me before with, like, backstory stuff. So we should expect to see Beastman stage a coup. In three episodes' time, there'll be a coup of Beastman. All right. That's my prediction here and now. Skeletor's ultimate goal is, for some reason, to take over Castle Grayskull. What do you think Beastman would try to do? Beastman's got probably similar desires as Skeletor. Like, he wants to rule, but I don't think he understands what that means. Skeletor wants power, and he wants to tell people what to do. He kind of already has that, but he wants to be able to tell everybody what to do because he's Skeletor, right? But Beastman probably just doesn't want to be told what to do. So I think if he ever got power, he wouldn't know what to do with it. I guess he can mind control animals, though. But his personality seems like he doesn't, like, I don't think he really knows what he wants. I think he just wants to not be a lackey. He can't see beyond the desire for freedom mm. yet. Yet. He's like a dog chasing the car. He always wants to get out from underneath Skeletor, but as soon as he gets it, he isn't going to know what to do with it. I look forward to that story in three episodes, or also possibly never. It's going to happen. Sooner or later, there's going to be something where Beastman fights out from underneath Skeletor's control. We'll see if it's a full-out, blown-out coup or not, but my yeah. money's on Evil Lynn for that one. All right, you got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, that's it for the Eternia Review. I'll see you guys next week.